Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third. I'm your host, Sandra Reda, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, here to chat and recap the United States women's national team victory over New Zealand in their second group match of the Olympic Games. Lisa, how you doing? How you feeling today? I mean, Sandra, wins make me happy. I know they make you happy. They make the United States happy. We got a win today. We have a lot to talk about about how we get there. But besides that, I am doing very good today. Very good. We're both in our kits today. If you're watching on YouTube, you can still you can see we're rocking some sweet jerseys. Sandra and her Chicago Red Stars, and I'm rocking some U.S. Women's National Team gear. But, I mean, I'm good. The weather's nice. We have a win today. This game wasn't at 4 a.m. Eastern. It was a beautiful 7.30. I was already awake. My alarm didn't wake me up. How are you today? Just just delightful. I mean, I love that we're both rocking kits today. Everybody has their version of Stars and Stripes. This (laughs) one's mine. I just, it's uh, good energy. Good energy today. Inappropriate, quite frankly, because there were a lot of Chicago Red Stars out on that pitch today. And uh, we're going to have to just dive into it. I think there's some there's some areas of the pitch that we'll probably have to take a little bit of a closer look at. Uh, but a win has got to feel good for this team. We, we talked about it in the last episode uh, in the recap against Sweden in our preview against this, uh, you know, ahead of this match, talking about how the scenario is coming into play. We're going to be really a must win situation when you have a group stage that only has three matches and you lose your first match the way you did that second match is absolutely uh got a vibe of must win and uh boy did they end up winning this match lisa let's get into it ready oh yes please please let's dive all right so we've got new zealand versus united states six one win for the united states women's national team uh, you love to see it. You love to see the goals. We were a little worried, wondering where they were at. But uh, ahead of this match, you always get the, the lineups and you always get the starting 11s and a, a few lineup notes uh, about the team that's going to take the pitch. And we were a little curious, Lisa, about how this team was going to look coming into this match. Uh, what type of player rotations were we going to see, if any, quite frankly, and where were we going to see them out on the pitch? So let's react to this starting 11. They had Alyssa Nair in net, uh, Crystal Dunn, Tierna Davidson, Abby Dahlkemper, Emily Sonnet to run out the back line. Julie Ertz, Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle for the midfield, and Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, and Tobin Heath to run out their attacking line. Ton of rotation in this one. There was uh, five differences overall in this starting 11 to, to face off against uh, New Zealand. What what stood out the most for you, Lisa, when you saw some of these changes from Black and Donofsky? Um, well, if anyone remembers in our previous recap against with the U.S.-Sweden team, I said that there needs to be changes in the starting lineup, just with personnel and how people are doing. And because the U.S. has such a deep roster, and even if you look back to the games for the United States leading up to this Olympics in the summer series against Mexico, there were different lineups. Vlako Andonovsky was rotating players around, and a lot of times at, at such a high level, you don't see a rotation in the back line. And to me, to see two players players uh, being rotated into this back line was huge for the United States. And Tierna Davidson is a good fit in that center back line. She came in at the end of the Sweden game, I think about the 80th minute, and and she did really well. And I know she's a Chicago Red Star, uh, uh, Sandra, so you have a soft spot for her as well. But as a defender, she is very good. She's young, but that doesn't matter. She doesn't let her age 
dictate how she plays or her mentality on the field. So seeing Davidson in this starting 11 was really, really huge for me. And then obviously Earth's Julie Earth's in the midfield slotting back into that sixth position. We saw her play that in the second half against Sweden earlier in the week. And now to have her back in there, I think she proved in that Sweden game that she is so ready for that. And then after watching her performance today against New Zealand, she needs to be there. Um, she's a very good defensive hold in that sixth position in the midfield for the United States. Um, and then I wasn't totally surprised with the up top. I mean, I was honestly a little surprised to still see Tobin Heath in there, a player that got the start last last time out versus Sweden. And to have her again in the starting lineup and playing majority of this game, uh, almost all of this game, I believe, she interesting. I was interested to see that. And she's a very good player and it, it worked. Obviously the United States got the win, but my biggest shocks and pleasant surprises were the back line, Tierna Davidson slotting in there and Julie Ertz in the midfield, which Ertz needed to be there. Um, but this 11, it was exciting to see all the changes being made. Sandra, when you looked at it, of course, um, differences to be made, but which ones stood out to you the most or perhaps which non-changes stood out to you players that were still in there? You're 100% correct. And then and one of the first things I did when I looked at this lineup, I was like, oh, let's see how many Chicago Red Stars might be on this side. So <laughs> I, I was know you. I know you, you Sandra. <laughs> you do. I, I, I don't make it difficult, do I, no. uh, to let it be known. But I I was happy to see Tuna Davidson's uh, slot in. I was a little... Uh, I was a little surprised, quite frankly, to see that she slotted in for Becky Sauberon, the team captain, um, considering the match that we all saw um, against Sweden, where Abby Dahlkamper really looked to to have some struggles uh, against that match. And we'll get into this match in a little bit about that, where those struggles, quite frankly, continued a little bit today. Um, so it was good to see Davidson uh, slot into the match there. I think she's uh, a generational type of talent for this team. And uh, in her second international tournament, with the senior uh, team and she's showing uh, why she's going to be a big part of this, this team moving forward. So it was good to see her slide. And also a little curious um, to see Sonnet in at uh, outside back. Uh, Kelly O'Hara just uh, left off of the, the 18 to begin with. And I think we also have to take a look at that as well, where the 18 included a lot of those alternates, you know, those quote unquote alternates that were initially selected as part of a 22-player roster with the 18 and then the plus four. So having a Katarina Macario, having a Casey Kruger, having a Jane Campbell be able to come off the bench if you need them for whatever reason. I think looking at these group matches, if Vlako Andonovsky is mapping out and planning out different type of scenarios for player rotations, that maybe this game, this particular game against New Zealand, might have been the game where he was like, okay, I'm going to get – Mm -hmm. these quote-unquote alternates into the 18 some kind of way, even if they're not necessarily getting huge, significant minutes in this match. Because with these three appearances today for Campbell, Kruger, and Macario, should this team end up on the podium, they are going to be awarded medals as well. So that's a big deal. Which also led me to feel some type of way about Lynn Williams, but we found out that Lynn Williams actually picked up a little bit of a knock uh, coming to, into this game because I was like, wow, why would you not have... See, uh, that's the first thing I thought. Yeah, I was like, why like, would what? you not have Lynn Williams as a as an option if you're not going to start her, but at least an option off the metric? I mean, this is somebody who goes toe-to-toe, head-to-head with Abby uh, Ersegg every day, week in and week out with North Carolina Courage. Who's going to know that type of defender best than Lynn Williams? Um, 
And I still felt that way, even with knowing that she picked up a knock. I was like, man, this game can really use a, a little bit of, of Lynn Williams. But those were some of my uh, impressions of the starting 11. But let's let's get into this into this first half. We wanted to see a better start from this team, mm-hmm. Lisa. They they came out against Sweden a little bit lackadaisical, a little bit rattled, uh, looking like they were playing a little nervous at times. So in this match against New Zealand, everything leading up to it, from the coaching staff to the players that we had access to talking about this type of game, the 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 verbiage and the phrasing coming out from this team was pretty much the same all across the board, where they wanted to come into this game, make a statement, have a big bounce back, and try to come out and dominate and really sort of dig down, reach in, uh, and dig into that sort of United States women's national team DNA that they are known for and make that statement in this game. And I'm not too sure it really happened in that first half, quite frankly. Uh, They came out, you know, on the front foot. They immediately looked to try to get on the attack, try to, you know, play, you know, New Zealand was coming out on a bit of a low block. So they were like, great, if you're going to be giving us the low block, we're going to try to take this space. So it was good to see that. It was really good to see that. Uh, But the breakthrough came pretty early with a a goal in the ninth minute from Rose Lavelle. And there's a lot of good feelings around that. You're like, okay, yes, this team is going to do some things today. And then it just, they still look to be playing a little bit, a little bit tight uh, after that, that opening goal. And then all of those, uh, consecutive, those four consecutive disallowed goals. It was tough. Uh, so it was a little bit of a mixed bag for me, I think, in in that first half. Like they were still trying to figure things out at times. What did you think? You used the word tight, Sandra, and that word is very, very appropriately chosen. The United States women's national team was so wound up and tight that they couldn't relax and play a composed game of soccer. They Their energy levels were so high. It was panic. It was hectic. It was jittery. It was a different a different start than we saw against Sweden, for sure. Um, the nerves heading into the Sweden match were excitement. This is the Olympics. We have a big target on our back. We're supposed to win gold here. We're supposed to win. And this should be easy for us. We're the best. I mean, I know that those players weren't thinking that and they have a much more serious take on the game, but those were the nerves of excitement and energy that you turn into positive energy. However, heading into this New Zealand match, it was nerves as in we have to win this. We don't have a choice anymore. We need to win this and we need to score a lot of goals. So the energy shifted. They were tight. They were uh, a little tense in, I'm going to say the first 45 minutes. This entire first half was a wound up United States team. And it didn't necessarily hurt them by any means because uh, New Zealand was sitting in that low block. So with all of the energy that the United States women's national team had, they could push forward, they could get into the attack and they could make mistakes in a sense that exposed them in the back. And it didn't harm them too much because New Zealand wasn't looking for that quick counter every single chance they got. And every time they picked off a pass, it was more like, okay, we won the ball, clear it out and let's reorganize defensively because we know the United States is coming back. Um, We talked about the starting 11 a little bit and the, The players that started this game made an impact. Carly Lloyd made an impact in this game. Rose Lavelle made an impact in this game. Um, And not just her goal, because that goal in the ninth minute or so was a huge driving force for this U.S. team. It was almost like, okay, we can still do this. They needed that goal. That goal from Rose Lavelle is what 
kind of reassured them that their last game against Sweden wasn't the norm. That wasn't typical for this team. Um, and now they're getting back on it. And having Juilliard sliding into that sixth position allowed Haran to be pushed higher up the field and contribute more into the attack, which Haran is much better when she's on the ball. She's combining with Rose Lavelle. They're getting into the attack, and, and that's what was working really, really well for the United States. Uh, also, every time the United States lost the ball, it was a high press looking to get it right back from New Zealand that worked for them because they were sitting so high already up the field in their attacking end. The United States was playing almost seven or eight in their attacking end because they had their three forwards, their three midfields, and then the outside backs were both getting forward in Sonnet and Dunn um, and, and really contributing in their attack. And, and it wasn't uh, weak side contributing. So when the ball is on the left side that uh, Dunn is up there contributing and then Sonnet is pushed back more defending, Sonnet was also up on the weak side, um, which helped them when the ball was swung across and it didn't get through. They could pick it up and keep attacking. But New Zealand had chances. They had some chances, a huge one towards the end of that first half. I believe it was, believe it was Hannah Wilkinson on transition, um, who she was their lone striking forwards, lone forward because New Zealand was essentially in a 4-4-1 with Wilkinson sitting up top. And when she got in and behind and found those gaps between the United States center backs and, and when our outside box were pulled too far forward, she got in and that one chance um, – it was good. And I think it gave the United States a bit of a look like, okay, we, they're still in this game. They, we, we haven't won this yet. Of course, there's still another 45 minutes to go, but yeah. the way that the United States came out was much better than we saw against Sweden. Um, but it still needed to get better. Luckily for the United States, there was a whole other half to keep working yeah. on things. But that, that was my initial impression from the first 45 we saw from the U S I thought it was a, uh very appropriate that mm -hmm. Rose Lavelle was the player to break through on goal first for the United States. She just had herself a game today. Just ridiculous. I mean, starting immediately from that first whistle, just all over the place. I think my initial reaction to that was like quoting a vine and being mm -hmm. like, she has the energy today of like, fastest f boy like all over the pitch like i mean i just talking about like just getting involved in the attack like you said getting linked up with with haran and building up into the attack but also like making these very impressive like defensive recovery runs like i was kind of like okay oh, yes about, like that's the energy that you're bringing today and quite frankly like that's that's really like the response that this team was was looking for kind of just collectively uh speaking and um everybody was maybe for, for people who were just kind of wondering like still now years later, what a player like Julie Ertz uh, means to the team or brings to the team. Like you're very clearly seeing it. And from the 45 that you had seen from Sweden and then into this, this full game um, for her, as she continues to sort of build on her minutes and, and make her, her way back before disallowed goals in the first half alone. It's tough. That is, that is, uh, that is tough. Maybe if you're a different team, difficult to to come back from a, a level of frustration. I imagine has to sit in a little bit if they're not uh, eventually getting into the back of the net the way you're building them up or mapping them out out on the pitch. Um, even with the really really tight lines that they needed to go to for to VAR to to try to just confirm or you know the the denial of the of the goals. Um, <laughs> 
But, you know, hard to imagine that this game wasn't entirely put away in that first half with those with those four disallowed goals. So uh, I know everybody has their feelings about about VAR and stuff like that. Myself, myself. Included. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think if you're if you're not this if, if you don't have this sort of certain mentality that this United States women's national team has, you know, they didn't. They didn't. That didn't stop them. Not the first disallowed mm-hmm. goal. Not the second. Not the third. And apparently not, not the fourth. Because here comes you know Lindsay Horan ends up putting them up uh, right before halftime, two uh, zero, which is a, a little bit of a different lead than one zero going into halftime. I think if you go into halftime one zero and you're New Zealand, you're like yes, this is yes exactly where we want to be uh, versus the the two goals uh, going in, into the locker room. Uh, so I think it was a big, big one for them to get uh, before they ended into the second half. The four disallowed goals and, and the offside runs from the United States, we have to give a little bit of credit to New Zealand because the forwards that we had in there for the United States, they weren't our fastest. I mean, there was no Lynn Williams in there, Press, Alex Morgan even. Um, and that's not to take away from the speed that Carly Lloyd has and Rapino and Heath. However, they're not our fastest forwards. They're not the United States' fastest players on the field. So New Zealand, to hold that tight line and be really disciplined in keeping it straight, staying tight together is very impressive. Um, when you have players like Carly Lloyd who floats in and around, she doesn't mark up tight against a defender and she really, really floats all the way from outside back to outside back and in between the center back positions. And as a defender, it's really hard to keep track of a player like that. That is so stealthy in their movements on the field. And then it's a quick jump and she's in and behind. So you have to be aware of her, but you can't also give her too much space because then she will get in behind you. So New Zealand did a really nice job at that. And then finally the patience and the continued buildup and the continued pressure from the United States paid off with Haran. Uh, some stats from Lindsay Haran, 100th cap tonight, her 23rd international goal. She's a heck of a player, but the combination play from the teammates around her and having those four disallowed goals gives the United States almost a little pep in their step. Like, okay, we can do this. We're scoring goals. Like, let's keep going. Let's keep doing it. We'll get them eventually. They'll be on side. They'll be clinical and they'll actually count on the scoreboard um, and VAR a whole different issue but it, it for Lindsay Horan great goal for her and like you mentioned to go into the halftime up two goals over New Zealand is much better when it could have been six nothing maybe six one I'll give New Zealand one on that really close shot they had however for New Zealand they were still in that game they if they went into the halftime one nil they would have thought okay our low block is working now once we get the ball we quickly go and transition and try to get down the field however at two now you have to climb up that a little bit steeper of a mountain so a great job for the united states to put it away um and in rose lavelle like we talked about she started this game and she ended this half tremendous tremendous she she really was a great player in these first 45 minutes completely. And we're not even talking about the second half yet. <laughs> yeah. Which we will right now, but first Lisa, we got to take a quick break. I know you and I have been doing caffeine checks, so I don't know if you're still sipping on your caffeine. I'm trying to hydrate right now. So we're going to take I'm our hydrating. break. hydrating. Well, I hydrate. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. We got to talk about this second half, Lisa, because this is where everything just sort of came to life. You have to imagine that coming out of that first half, even though there were moments where the team still looked as if they were playing a little bit too tense, maybe that was part of the uh, the timing with the you know the offside runs there for the disallowed goals. Uh, you had to believe that this team was probably still going to roll out with this particular starting eleven to try to perhaps nail some things down that they had been building towards in that first half. And they went into this second half with no immediate adjustments from head coach uh, Vlako Andonovsky, rolling out with his initial starting lineup for them to still sort of uh, gel together and perhaps try to, uh, you know, break through and make something happen there. So we still have this top line going at it, still have the midfield coming into play. And I think some people were maybe kind of curious, like watching a player like Julie Ertz coming <laughs> back off of her injury, still rehabbing in her minutes or building them up over games, wondering if like this was a player that you were going to bring out. They had Sam Mewis on the bench, but no, Ertz is still back out there uh, in the midfield doing some things. Uh, and it looked like New Zealand kind of had, you know, they they had a moment in the locker room because they came into this second half trying to open things up a little bit, quite frankly. It was a very entertaining, uh, you know, first 15 minutes or so of this match uh, going all the way up until about the hour mark of this game. Uh, New Zealand trying to, to penetrate a little bit more, get a little bit more active in that final third uh, and really try to get some some looks off. Uh kind of forcing the United States to to play into that, kind of having to do some defending of their own to start off the game, which is tough because if you're coming off of that two goals in the in the first half, you obviously still want to build on that, which they were trying. And we saw with those four disallowed goals, but weren't able to maybe get the ball rolling as much as they wanted to in the first uh, 15 minutes there, Lisa. It, that's exactly it. New Zealand came out in the second half and they – decided to play a bit more offense and, and a bit more attacking mindset than they had in the first 45 minutes. And I also think the United States entered the second half with a different mindset, a little more settled in, a little less urgent play. Um, at the first half, half, it was a bit frectic hectic, frantic, tight second half was more composed. But I think those first 10, 15 minutes, the United States lacked the urgency that they had in the first 45 minutes and give credit to New Zealand because they came out and said, we're going to attack and keep the ball and try to put the United States on their heels. And they had players like Wilkinson and Katie Bowen that were really putting a lot of pressure on the United States back line and getting in behind, finding those holes and finding those gaps, understanding where the best way to break down the United States was. And it just so happened to be down the center of the field, attacking the center backs individually with those long balls and, and trying to get in behind. And then after that, uh, the United States settled in. They realized, okay, we can get the ball back after uh, a few more goals came in the second 45 minutes, which we will definitely talk about. But yeah. I was, you mentioned the subs and how, United States started the second half the same way, which was very different than we saw in the game versus Sweden. There were changes at halftime. I was not surprised to see no changes, not because of the scoreline, but because of how the team played. They had finally started to get into the rhythm, into a rhythm in about the 43rd, 44th minute of that first half. So keep them on. Under, they understand what pressure New Zealand is going to put on them, and they understand how they're playing already. So a change like 
New Zealand gave out where they were more attacking and they were looking to get in transition and putting the United States under more pressure to have the same 11 group out there for the United States was good for them because they already understood where the team was going and how that was working. Um, we did see changes though. Great changes yeah. to come. This is good coaching. I think this is really good coaching by Blacko and Anofsky. Yeah, no, it was, it was the right move and it was the right time, quite frankly, because uh, look, they didn't, the third goal eventually came for them. Uh, they extended the score line and it did happen at that hour mark and they forced an own goal. It was, uh, not the way maybe that they intended to eventually give uh, extend the scoreline, but it happened. And uh, talk about a painful moment, especially I think for us because it's like we cover mm-hmm. the NWSL so closely. So this own goal gets uh, created off of just a flurry of movement, uh, quite frankly, from the United States, where a ball gets uh, served in, it gets headed uh, back uh, across the front of goal, and then headed into the net by New Zealand defender Abby Ursig, uh just not something that happens uh with Ursig and 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 her that type of center back that she is with her her positioning typically uh so just a real real bummer especially I think if you're coming off like I said within those first 15 minutes where New Zealand was looking as if they were trying to make some things happen that if they just sort of got one goal and sort of cut into that lead that maybe it would shake some things up and change uh, the momentum a little bit but they scored this own goal in the 63rd minute which goes ahead and, and puts up the national team uh, three to one. And that's when we started to see these changes uh, coming into place. And, uh, you know, if you're the United States and you're bringing in players off of the bench, like a Sam Mewis, or if you're bringing someone off the bench, like a Kristen press, I have to imagine that that after going down uh, an extra goal, that that could be a little bit of a, a gut check for you if you're the opposition uh, because Kristen Press is someone who could just come in and just run at you and just like stay relentless. And you have somebody like Mewis coming on who can just add more muscle to the midfield, quite frankly, while still connecting and linking up with the attack. So I thought they were great subs uh, to make after that third goal. They were great subs and it showed because those subs got goals. Um, Kristen Press scoring a goal. Um, incredible job by them. And Alex Morgan, another one notching a goal. So to have those substitutes come in and make a difference. Um, it, a lot of the temperature has been talked about about this game. And I know Arlo White and Julie Foudy were mentioning it throughout because they were sitting in the stadium. Oh, the breeze feels so nice. It's so warm in here. And you have to take a look at that. And, and when these subs are happening, understand that there is also a future plan that is being put into place because the United States has another game on Tuesday and that is a very quick turnaround. Um, and a player like Becky Sauerbronn who played 90 minutes against Sweden and then getting a rest today and, and Tierna Davidson only playing about 10 minutes against Sweden. And now she gets the start today and playing those full 90 minutes. And then you mentioned this a little bit, a player like Julie Ertz who gets 45 minutes against Sweden and then a full 90 against New Zealand and she looks like she could go back to back and play a double header soccer game play another 90 minutes the fitness level on Ertz is insane, insane. you want to talk player. about things I didn't expect I did not expect <laughs> Julie Ertz to go a full 90 today I was thinking maybe they're going to clock her in at 60 75 even if she could go 90 to take her out at 65 75 even just to give her a rest because you you know she's going to play again on Tuesday in the United States next game so to to give her that full time is is very shows a lot about the type of player that Julie Ertz is and says that when she got injured in May 
um, she not only recovered, but she continued to keep her fitness level up by doing low impact workouts and, and swimming and making sure that her fitness level did not drop and did not waver at all during her recovery time. Um, it, that was really, I was really impressed to see Julie Arts making these long diagonal runs out of her defensive midfield position in the 80th minute, 85th minute. I was like, just sit back. It's okay. <laughs> Contain yeah. some of your energy. But I mean, it was really good to see and and having the players come on like press who just put so much pressure on a team like New Zealand's back line and can get in behind and just so composed on the ball. It was fun. The second 45 was really fun to watch for the United States and watch all the pieces coming together, clicking and having a rhythm and a momentum for this squad that we hadn't seen in the last 90 minutes or so. Yeah. I am. Um, it, it poses a question for me though. I think there's all like this team is, they, they preach this. It doesn't matter what type of game it is, win, loss or draw. They go back and they look at their performances and take a look in areas where they need to improve or try to work on for their next game uh, that comes up. So in the Olympics, it's only two days of rest, and they're going to be facing off against Australia next. Uh, but they did concede in this game, and they conceded in a very uh, – still a very early moment of the game where they uh, were only up uh, three goals at the time. So for New Zealand to sort of get one back, that could still maybe sort of – spark something or put something in play if you're the opposition and you still got, you know, 20 ish minutes to go uh, in this match. Um, but it, it leaves some questions there. It brings up some new things. You look at the performance that somebody like Tierna Davidson had uh, in this match. And then you look at somebody like your veteran defender and Becky Sarburn and you have a game remaining uh, in this group stage, uh, is that her? Is that who you're starting uh, in that final match against the Matildas? Because if we look at this goal that was conceded by this team, there were areas coming off of that Sweden game, coming into this game, where we wondered if there are areas on the pitch where the opposition are going to try to maybe expose that it would possibly be in the back uh, within the any type of center back duo that's there and maybe try to expose some space or or some of the lack of pace that's that's back there. Um, because we're, we saw today from somebody like Crystal Dunn, when she's got support around her on the flank, um, when she's got people working in there uh, in the midfield for her, like somebody like a Julie Ertz, uh, she thrives a bit more. Um, she wasn't as attacked uh, out on that left flank or left uh, so isolated uh, against this New Zealand side. So much better game uh, from her for sure. Uh, but then we saw this this goal. There was a poor clearance uh, from, from Abby Ersig, uh, put herself in a really uh, unfortunate position, um, had to end up backtracking, wasn't able to do that, ended up tripping, looked like uh, on her own feet there towards the end, and then kind of leaving a listener out to dry, who tried to come out and make a stop on it, um, and then they just broke through on goal. It was a great goal for, for New Zealand, quite frankly, to sort of capitalize on rare mistakes that this team uh, typically makes. So it was definitely a moment, I think, that this team is probably going to look at and maybe ask themselves some things and see where they're going to try to tighten things up there. Um, what were some of your reactions on, uh, on that goal, Lisa? I want you to break it down for me as a defender because I know you got those defensive feelings. Of, oh, of course. Of course. So many feelings about this and how it happened. Um, 
breakdowns. There was, it was a midfield breakdown initially that is what started this. And then, like you mentioned, finding the weaknesses in your opponents. And for New Zealand, they keyed in on the United States center backs. And that center back happened to be Abby Dalkemper, who had had a not the strongest game. Tierney Davidson had been covering for Dalkemper a lot and stepping in and sliding for her and doing a great job. And like you mentioned, Davidson and Ertz controlling a lot of the defensive pressure and breaking up momentum from New Zealand to relieve pressure off Dunn and even Sonnet in in that sense who had an okay game. Like she played good. She played well. Nothing terribly stood out there. But when you look at a player like Becky Sauerbronn who doesn't make mistakes like that where it's a misclearance or say she does, it's the recovery and it's the response from it that is different. And, and Abby Dalkemper, she tripped. She tripped over her own feet. It was poor positioning initially on the clearance. Her her body positioning was turned towards the sideline, so she wasn't able to clear it and get a strong it, contact on the ball. She sliced the ball with her foot, which kept it in play and, and continued New Zealand's run and forward momentum through that. And then as she tried to recover, she tripped over herself. And Alyssa Nair was left to dry, left out to dry at that positioning. Um it's tough in that positioning because New Zealand was still farther out from the goal. So does the listener run forward and try to make that tackle close down the angle? But as a, as a goalkeeper, you think your defender is not going to lose their footing there and they're going to get back or at least put pressure on the shot that's coming. I mean, New Zealand, great job for them. But defensively for the United States, this is bad. It was a really bad breakdown that cannot happen. And they're lucky that they scored six goals. Well, Four goals because there was a, a few own goals in this game, but you're the United States is really lucky that they had other goals to fall back on because a team that scored that type of goal could really hurt the United States. Um, they didn't let it happen, but it's really bad. And and you mentioned looking forward towards the Australia game. It should be done. Davidson, Sauerbronn, and honestly O'Hara. I mean. Sonnet did okay, but I believe O'Hara should be back in there. And she wasn't on the 18 today, so who knows what could have happened. Um, but I think that's the center back pairing needs to be stronger. And a player like Tierna Davidson played very, very strong today. She commanded the field. She played well with the players around her. And to pair her up with Becky Sauerbronn in the back will be a, a big force, a big force to be reckoned with against an Australian squad. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Stay tuned. We'll we'll probably be uh, recapping that game and, and previewing it and all its glory. But for now, it's a win. The vibes are good. Feels good to win. They needed they needed a good win like this. They needed a I think they needed a big win like this. Obviously, goal differential is going to be coming into play uh, as Australia dropped their match against uh, Sweden four to two. So there's still a bit of back and forth. Uh, going on between United States and Australia, jockeying for position uh, for second and third place out of this group G. Uh, Sweden, two for two in, in their in their group stage. They're going to be running away probably with uh, first place as they have New Zealand to face uh, next coming up. And um, I'm not surprised at that Sweden scoreline, 4-2. I'm not. They're wow. a very good team. They have a lot of attacking presence. And I'm not. when I saw that, I was not surprised at yeah. all. Um, and, and you mentioned the goal differential for the United States, and that's a huge factor in getting these six goals today. That was, that was what they needed on paper. As a confidence level and a confidence booster, they needed this. They needed this for their own 
mental well-being and the fact that they can go into training and say, okay, we can score six goals in 90 minutes, but how many more can we score? How many more if we're faced under different pressure and how, what different ways can we score goals? We know we can do it, but let's try to make it 10. Let's try to keep raising that. So the confidence in getting those six goals for the United States is what is huge for me is what I was excited to see. And then goal differential, of course, because that's what it comes down to in this tournament. Absolutely. Uh, Roosevelt, Lindsey Huran, Kristen Preston, Alex Morgan are the goal scorers for United States today. Abby Ersig uh, and Bot going ahead and uh, scoring some own goals there, forcing the own goals by the United States, uh, and Hassett getting the lone goal uh, for New Zealand. What a game, offering us some different looks, uh, different rotations, and different opportunities for us to, to take a look at it and, uh, and critique and analyze as well. Uh, folks, if you are following along with the Olympics, I Next one's coming up quick. It's only two days of rest between these games. They're going to be facing off against Australia on July 27th. So that is coming up shortly. It's a, it's a big game. Uh, every game, it looks like from here on out, it's going to be a, key, a big game uh, for this United States team. So we'll see what they bring, if adjustments, if any. And as always, uh, you know, we'll be here for you all to follow along for all your Olympics uh, coverage. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, you can listen to us all over the place. So uh, here's a quick reminder for you all. You can follow us on Twitter at attacking third. Uh, we're on Apple podcasts. So you can find us at Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, we're also available as video. Hello. Subscribe to us on YouTube. So just visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And uh, we'll be back because we don't only just cover Olympics. We also cover NWSL. So we'll be back Sunday, actually, to keep you up to date with an NWSL recap of all the matches coming up. And then we will also be back. Uh, during the week to give you uh, a preview and a recap of this final group stage match in the United States against Australia. So for Sandra Reda and Lisa Roman, this was the second third. <laughs> <laughs>